some think we're funny Most people don't know We're too old for this podcast Hello everybody, this is my very good buddy, Abby Barrett This is my very good buddy, Brendan Boogie And welcome to We're Too Old for This Podcast Here is the concept Two best buddies, that's Abby and me Yes Look at buddy movies, and we compare how the buddy movie friendship compares to our own friendship. Uh, this week, we are doing 1991 Thelma and Louise, starring Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. Overall, first, we're, this was fun to watch this movie. Did you enjoy it? I did. I mean, I, this was one of those movies among like maybe a couple others in that... Um, time period where they were addressing some long overdue heavy shit. Yeah, Um, I think it held up pretty well, actually, overall. But before we dive deep into the movie, let's let people know who we are. And and I thought maybe we should kind of, you know, tell the audience a little bit about each other, since we're such good friends, and we know each other so well. (laughs) Why don't you begin? Okay. So this is my friend, Abby Barrett. Uh, She is a musician. A wit, um, and a, a witch, a, witch, <laughs> a uh, Dave Coulier super fan. I would say yes. I would. I would agree yeah. with that. And the um, starting third baseman of the 1978 Montreal Expos. I'm very old. You have you have had you lived you've lived quite the life. Yes. What the steroids kind of helped me. And Brandon Boogie, I know you through music. You are a musician. Um, who likes to dabble in pop and a little bit of rock, sometimes folk. Sometimes, Do I dabble? Sometimes a little jazz. <laughs> I um, never play any jazz at all. Because jazz is for assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a filmmaker, filmmaker extraordinaire, and a uh, world's heavyweight champion. Of something, of, of, of not the fighting. Pound, the three-pound weights. Exactly. I get in with the three pound weight. So that's who we are. So what we're going to do is take a look at Thelma and Louise kind of, it's been a while since, since people have seen, you know, it was made in 1991. Maybe people haven't seen it in a while. Um, but, but the goal here is to take a look at the movie and really examine the Thelma and Louise friendship. And then in the next segment, we will kind of compare it to our own friendship. But first, maybe we should kind of jump in to Thelma and Louise. What do you think, Abby? Why don't you, why don't you kind of bring us through uh, what happens in the movie? Okay. Well, um, basically, if I were to sum up this movie, I would say that it's kind of a movie about two women who sort of confirm their nagging suspicion that men might be kind of assholes. <laughs> and this, this vacation... Ooh, what a thought. What a thought. <laughs> And they're going on a vacation that really takes them through a journey of of men being assholes, and uh, they decide to kind of take charge. Um, we sort of meet them when um, Thelma is uh, in an unhappy marriage with a real asshole named Daryl, mm-hmm. and um, he's he's that quintessential actor that I'm pretty sure he only plays assholes in Christopher movies. McDonald. Right, he is. he is one of my favorite asshole actors. He plays Daryl. Uh, Thelma's husband. God damn it, Thelma! Don't holler like that. I've not told you I can't stand it when you holler in the morning. I'm sorry, doll. I just didn't want you to be late. Hon? What? You want anything special for dinner tonight? No, Thelma. I don't give a shit what we have for dinner. I may not even make it home for dinner. You know how Fridays are. Yeah, funny how so many people want to buy a carpet on a Friday night. You'd almost think they'd want to forget about it for the weekend. Well then, it's a good thing you're not regional manager. And I am. I love the lifeguard twirl of his keys, just to <laughs> sort of really double down on how much of a tool he is. It's a tremendous performance yeah. by him. And it is also one of, you know, if you're trying to set up the most unsympathetic character in, I mean, there were Nazis in Schindler's List who were portrayed more sympathetically yeah. than Daryl. You know, it's just tremendous. I, I love how annoyed he gets at her asking if he wants something for dinner. Yeah. It's just, it's just so good. He's There's such a great asshole. There's not a redeeming asshole. quality about him. 
I know. He's he he just and he just eats it up. It's yeah. one I, I loved it. I love Daryl. Um, and so meanwhile, we've got Louise. This time, I'm remembering who's who because I'm on top of things. Um, it's and, good. That, uh, it's good that you remember. You know which one is Thelma and which one is Louise. That is sort of essential in this movie. Don't you think? I, I still kind of have to th- like think about it. Um, Louise is played by Susan Sarandon, and she um, is uh, waiting tables at a diner um, where I appreciate that they let you just smoke freely in the kitchen. You know, 1991. It was a different time. Oh, it's a wonderful time. Um, and so she. Uh, Gives Thelma a call to make sure that she's ready for this big trip. They're going to go to a cabin um, and go fishing and have very, very mellow, non-adventurous times. Just they want R and R. They want to kind of get away from the men. Yes. They want. They want to sort of. Um, it's a girl's you know, trip. Yeah. So so Saran- Susan Sarandon wants to kind of show her boyfriend, you know, who doesn't maybe treat her as well that you know he's going to miss her and. And 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 Thelma uh, doesn't want to, doesn't even tell Daryl that she's leaving. Right. She so leaves a note in the microwave. Yeah. Um, so they end up taking this trip, and they end up at this bar. I'll have a wild turkey straight up and a coke back, please. Thelma. Oh, what? Tell me something. Is this my vacation or isn't it? It is. It is your vacation. Yeah, so 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 Th- Thelma's out, let her, let her hair down, have a good time, and she starts dancing with a guy, and kind of then what happens, Abby? Well, then the story changes dramatically, um, and true to uh, form of the theme of men being complete assholes, um, he attempts to rape her in the parking lot. Make that funny, funny girl. Huh? I just can't, and I won't. <laughs> You don't even try. Me, don't, yeah, even try. I, I, I will it's, not. I will it's, not. It's just not funny. No, it's um, just no, it's not funny. It's a very, funny. very kind of heartbreaking, intense scene. And uh, and Louise comes out and catches him in the act. And he mouths off to her. And she is sick of his shit, as she should be. And she blows a hole in him. She murders him. She murders right him. Right there in the parking lot. And then they take off. I would say that, not murder. I would say not murder. Manslaughter? Yeah, with extenuating circumstances. Like, it's so close to self-defense, but... Right. Well, one of the reasons they say they don't stop, and they talk about that later, is they won't they won't be believed that she was being attempted rape because uh, Thelma was dancing with the man earlier, which I think, you know, when you look at... You know, we're talking about 1991, it, things have not changed terribly, which is, is very no. sad and depressing, but that's what, you know, this movie really does hold up in a lot of ways uh, with dealing with this, this kind of stuff because it makes... You know, she, they're very clear of like, oh, we, we know we've been through this. We wouldn't, this wouldn't, the cops won't believe us. Yeah, they 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 know how the world works. And I do remember this movie being a conversation that, I mean, certainly other movies were around that did that. But I think this being such kind of a mainstream movie and Ridley Scott's the director. Um, big I, movie stars in it. Big movie stars. It it was, it was a, I'm glad it came out just for this reason. Yeah, it was. It's it ended, and like I said, it does hold up very well. Um, The soundtrack does not. The soundtrack does not hold up as well. I will. I will agree with that. Um. So so they go on the run. Yep. What happens next? They pick up the handsome man played by Brad Pitt. I don't even. Oh, he does have a name. His name is J D. J D. Right now, Um, let's talk. I mean, we're talking about beautiful Brad Pitt. Yeah. Beautiful. He's young. Like, there's Brad Pitt now who's very handsome. I don't think anyone's going to look at Brad Pitt and go, woof. Right. But what would, ha- you know, what would say you were on the run for uh, for some kind of crime and Brad Pitt was like, hey, can I get a ride? Oh, yeah. Not a good idea, but. he's. I actually remember watching this movie, probably I'd seen it like two or three times just for the scenes with him. And I'm not even a Brad Pitt. Like, he wasn't my crush. But he's he's incredibly handsome in this movie. Right, you, it's it's undeniable. And, and yeah. they they um, Gina Davis and Brad Pitt sex scene. It's one of those movie sex scenes where they don't just have sex; they trash the room and yeah. they just break things. That happens way more in movies than it happens in life, right? Has that ever happened to you, where you just you just keep breaking things? No, and honestly, it's pretty rude to the staff who have to clean up the next day. I'm I'm the person who will like. Stay at a hotel, and then the next morning, I like kind of make my bed. And I put all the towels in one group on the counter so they don't have to bend down to pick it up. Like, and usually I leave a little bit of a tip too. 
And people, Especially if you've had a, 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 had a had a object smashing lovemaking session the night before. Well, I usually make my partner clean up the room afterward. Right. You say <laughs> smash stuff and then clean shit up. <laughs> clean up this room. So and the other um the other uh boyfriend who who comes to drop oh, off yes. some money is is Michael Madsen. He uh, has a name in this movie. Uh I forget the character's name, but um I do have the let me see the IMDb. Let's is it see. Alan? Steve? <laughs> Barry? Keep going. Betty? Roger? Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah. yeah. That's close. <laughs> you weren't close at all. <laughs> I ended you with it why? Barry. Named, oh, yeah. I guess Alan doesn't end with a Y. <laughs> you just named a bunch. You just picked a bunch of names and I, I said I was close. I was close. Um, so you know, you got you got young Brad Pitt and and uh, you know handsome but on the downturn Michael Madsen. I'd say I he's mean, pretty handsome in this movie. You think he was handsome in the yeah. movie? Okay, interesting. I think his slightly weathered look made him even more handsome. Uh, yeah, isn't that the way? Because I see people on the inside. Not on the outside. And you think Michael Madsen seems like a good person on the inside? <laughs> I retract my statement. His but character the, seems like a nah. His character is kind of shitty too. But one of the um, one of the fun moments for me is that I always like. It's in every move. It's in so many movies, and it's a screenwriting cliche. But I love it every time it happens. It's like someone comes up to him and goes, "Hey, are you Jimmy?" And he goes, "Who wants to know?" <laughs> yep. That's how I like, answer the phone every time. <laughs> right. It's my mom calling, and I'm like, "Is this, is this Abby? Abby? Like, Who wants to know, mother? Why like, are you well, calling you, me?" Well, you 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 know that it's your mother. Is it, so? Why are you asking who wants to know? Do it's your I? Mother. Yes, you do. It you could be somebody ID. else named Mom. <laughs> There's a lot of moms out there, quote unquote moms. That's true. Maybe it's someone impersonating your mom. What that happened a lot? No, I don't think so. Has that happened to you? Has someone impersonated my mom? Yeah, or like a stranger on the street trying to... Trying to tell them that, tell me that they're my mom? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Am I the dumb one in this podcast? There's always a dumb one. <laughs> I think I, I'm the I, dumb one. I am not going to answer that. <laughs> Damn it. All I right. think that's up for the audience to decide. Well, do you think with Thelma and Louise, do you think there's a dumb one? Yeah. You do? Yeah. It's Thelma. Thelma, okay. Yeah. See, Speaking I think they, of, oh, go yeah. ahead. I'm so sorry. Well, I think they sort of transform throughout the movie. Maybe we will talk that more in the second section how how their yeah their they, characters develop. They evolve. Yeah, they do evolve. But I mean, but you know, back to the recap, they have a plan. Thelma, I'm going to Mexico. Now, I figure I can make it in two and a half days, but I'm going to have to haul ass. Are you up to this? I mean, I got to know. This isn't a game. I'm in deep shit, and I gotta know what you're gonna do. I don't know. I don't know, Louise. I mean, uh, I don't know what you're asking. Now, don't you, don't you start flaking out. I mean, God damn it, Thelma. Every time we get in trouble, you just get blank or, or, or plead insanity or some such shit. Not this time. I mean, this time, things have changed. Everything's changed. But I'm going to Mexico. I'm going. So the plan is they're going to try to make a run for it for, you know, to Mexico. So that, uh, you know, because they don't want to get caught for murder. Sure. Um, Harvey Keitel plays the uh, police officer who is after them and probably the only semi-sympathetic male figure in the movie. Because he at least seems, even though he's chasing them, he wants to try to... Avoid them getting killed and avoid, you know. He's put the pieces together, too. You know, in terms of um, Louise's history and, you know, why why this killing might have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he also brings to the table a accent I've never heard before, which seems to be like Bronx, New York, mixed in with Arkansas. Wow, it's, yes. It, it's very, um, it's very unique. It's so funny when somebody's doing an accent, even a good actor is doing an accent, but like their accent slips out in the middle of yeah. it. It's it's always funny when a British person is doing like a a southern United States accent or like a Canadian trying to speak American. 
Canadian trying to speak American. Although I once uh, once uh, watched an interview with Michael. You know, Conan O'Brien once went to Canada and did shows in Canada, and Conan O'Brien interviewed Michael J. Fox, and Conan said, "Hey, how did you learn to lose your Canadian accent?" And Michael J. Fox said, "You mean gain my American accent?" Ooh. The crowd went wild I in bet. Canada. They went wild, and it made me think. Michael J. Fox, it made me think. Well, because you're the smart one. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying I'm the smart not, one. Not I'm so just much saying me. <laughs> it hurts me when you you uh, hurts me when you put yourself down like that, Abby, as a friend. I feel like maybe you enjoy it, but <laughs> no. we'll get into that later when we discuss our friendship. That's true. Um, so, what happened next in in the movie? So, well, they, um, because hot Brad Pitt steals their cash, um, they are out of money and they need to get gas. So Thelma, um, having learned a little bit of about robbery through hot Brad Pitt, um, robs a liquor store and, um, they are forced to put a police officer in his trunk, um, because they get pulled over and the police officer is starting to realize who they are. Um, so Thelma, who's really come into her own decides that she's going to put a gun to his head and make him get in the trunk. Right. And I think the, 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 I think one of the good parts about this movie is that every action they take makes sense at the time, which is really, you know, sort of you, you, watching them go from, you know, kind of care. For, you know, a lot of times you're like, oh, my God, no one would ever do that. But it really did a good job of being like their back is against the wall. They have to do this in order to survive. And, you know. At right after Louise talks to the cops, Thelma is sort of worried about what's going to happen but, next. I don't know. Something's like crossed over in me, and I can't go back. I mean, I just couldn't live. I know. I know what you mean. Anyway. I don't want to end up on the damn Geraldo show. <laughs> yeah. I love that I the like- ultimate fate is ending up on the Geraldo show. Because that yeah, is, it is a fate worse than death. Yeah, it's nice that even in 1991, people were already dunking on Geraldo. Yeah. It's sad that he's actually still around and on television, is sadly really? enough. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Do, do, do you think, what would it take for you to cross over? Crossover, yeah, into the um, outlaw life. I mean, I think probably killing someone and then knowing that I'll go to jail for it—that would probably make me cross over. Right. Which one do you think of us? Uh, which one of us do you think would cross over first? Um. Ooh, that's a good. I think we're both, at the end of the day, kind of rule followers. Cowards. Cowards. <laughs> I mean, that's what I meant. Um. I yeah, think- I, I, the whole, like, th- there was so much dust flying up on their getaway. I'd be like, look, this is dust allergy. I'm going to turn myself in. Yeah, I got a dust you, allergy. The heat would have gotten you immediately. I'd be like, take me to, take me to prison. Yeah. I'm throwing my hands up. It's fine. As long as there is there air conditioning. So they've kind of crossed over and, and they, they're living the outlaw life. Then what happens? Oh, so they're, you know, they're headed to Mexico. And then um, – Throughout the movie, as they're driving, they keep passing this um, truck driver who makes very lewd uh, gestures to them and says... Points at his crotch. Points at his crotch, does the like finger V tongue thing, um, which the needs a better, more succinct... Yeah, I guess it's the cunnilingus... Sign. Yeah, the international sign for cunnilingus. Mm-hmm. Um, the ISC. And they decide that they're going to teach him a lesson. So they kind of say, "Hey, pull over." Yeah, they and, lure uh, him. They lure him with their wiles, and then surprise, they're not giving the wiles out. They're not giving the wiles out. No. Oh, not the wiles. It's a trap. It's a wild trap. I mean, really, that business with your tongue? What is that? That is disgusting. And oh my God, that other shit a point to your lap. I mean, what is that supposed to mean exactly, huh? I mean, does that mean pull over? I want to show you what a big fat slob I am. Yeah. Or does that just... mean suck my dick? You women crazy. You got that right. We think you should apologize. I ain't apologizing for shit. You say you're sorry. Fuck that. You say you're sorry, or I'm going to make you fucking sorry. Oh, Jesus. 
I bet you even called us favors on your CB right here, didn't you? Yeah. Sure did! Damn. I hate that. I hate being called a beaver, don't you? You gonna apologize or what? Fuck you! Slow clap. Gets the slow clap for... <laughs> and they eventually, they blow up <laughs> in a huge explosion. It's just funny to me how, again... You know, I know they're. I know they're trying to make him a pretty unsympathetic <laughs> character. Uh, yeah, but it's amazing to me how defiant he was with a gun pointed at him. I know. I think you know. I've I, I've never had. I'll say it. I've never had a gun pointed at me. But I would like to think that when I did, no matter what, I'd be like, "I am so sorry. This is my bad." <laughs> you know, I really whatever I got to do. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. What do I need to do? I but he was just so defiant. Is- his reaction's almost like, "Oh shucks!" Like, like this is sort of like a, a bothersome incident for him. It's not like, "Holy shit, my life is in danger." It's like, "Oh, not again!" Right. This is the pits. <laughs> <laughs> what but is even... the um, what is the derivation of the beaver thing? Like, I mean, of all the things that women have been called, I, beaver, ass- I didn't really, I've never really understood. I don't know what the actual derivation of beaver is yeah. i mean uh, but i mean if you think of most of most nicknames for genitalia it's not as if there's a real direct yeah that's true you know it's connection of all the between, animals one could choose what would you choose for a for a uh, for a vagina um i probably would choose a capybara is that how they're pronounced capybara <laughs> yeah i don't know why i gave it like a little flavor capybara <laughs> oh yeah Capybara! <laughs> what would you choose? Probably duckbill platypus. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, they have beaks and such. <laughs> right, and most vaginas have Just beaks. Just like my vagina. <laughs> so what? So after they blow up the this guy's truck, and he, who's so defiant, and even as after his truck is blown, he's still like "fuck you, bitches" and all this instead of like saying "oh my god, I'm so sorry." Uh, what happens next? Well, they finally kind of hit they hit a not a they hit a metaphorical wall where the police have basically tracked them the FBI which I'm very impressed that the FBI is called in for one single murder of some random guy at a bar but there it is these women are obviously very you know it was the 90s there wasn't a lot going on for the yeah, FBI that's true. that's true and um they kind of get cornered by the FBI and by a bunch of um, patrol cars and helicopter. And they have to make kind of the ultimate decision whether they're going to surrender and get arrested and go back to their old lives or keep driving. And unfortunately, if they keep driving, they will be driving right into the Grand Canyon. Okay, then listen. Let's not get caught. What are you talking about? Let's keep going. What do you mean? You sure? Yeah. And that is followed by the most upbeat double suicide <laughs> in cinema history. Yeah, it's it's tough. I don't know. If you were to be confronted with that decision. Yeah, I don't think I would drive off a cliff. Yeah, I don't think I would either. No. I mean, how bad can jail be? Not great. It's got to be better than dying in a fiery wreck at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, right? Yeah, plus you would just maybe... Hold out and hope that you have more opportunity. Like you could escape prison, or you could meet new friends in prison. And Thelma and Louise too. Oh, there they we escape go. prison. See, that yeah. the, the the you know Ridley Scott was not very smart with that ending because pissing away a lot of sequel money. Yep. So overall, that is the story of Thelma and Louise. Their friendship went through a lot, but really, how does their friendship? 
compare to your and my friendship, Abby? We will find out right after this. Dun, dun, dun. Boogie and buddies and barren boobies, oh, what? You know what, Brendan? Yes, Abby. This would be a great time for us to pause and mention our sponsors. It would, but but here's the thing. We're a new show, so we don't have any sponsors yet. It's true. It's sad, but true. But you know what the listener can do? What can the listener do to help us? They could like and subscribe. They yep, could, they could rate and review. They could review. Um, they could do this on iTunes or on some other apparatus that hosts a Wherever podcast. Wherever you're listening to this podcast yeah. from, rate, review, like, subscribe, whatever they allow you to do so that Abby and I can get sponsors and I can buy a big hat. I want to buy like the biggest hat what? you've ever seen. What kind of hat? I'd like a cowboy hat, but bigger than a cowboy hat. Just a hat that that is so distractingly large. That that's what I'm going to do with all the sponsor. That sounds money. like it would be hard to wear in public. Maybe is, not is for that me. The point? I I'd pull it off. Okay. All right. Well. So like, review, rate, subscribe, all the things that you do to a podcast. <laughs> Do it to us. Do it. We were superheroes. Our power would be friendship, but we are not. So the jury is still out. Welcome back to We Are Too Old for this podcast. And we truly are. We really are. But this is what people do now. Uh, My name is Abby Barrett. This is my good pal, Brendan Boogie. Hello, hello. So before we um, before we get into our friendship and comparing it to the Thelma and Louise friendship, maybe it would help people to know how we met. I was uh, at the gym, and I was uh, bench pressing as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to bench press um, other people. It's frowned upon at the gym, right? Yeah, they, they prefer, don't love it. Yeah, they prefer I use the weights. Um, right, but uh, you know, I'm a rule breaker. That's true. Yeah. You go to the gym and it's one of the few places where they have a bench. So you... It's true. It's an actual bench. It's right. actually a and church pew. <laughs> right. The gym you go to has, has a church pew. <laughs> God is there. It's super weird. Um, and then, yeah, we met in the sauna <laughs> where you had been for like a few hours and I walked in and you were like this shriveled, um, almost like a mummy mm-hmm. because all the moisture had been sucked out of you. And so I pulled right. you out. Saved my life. I saved your life, yeah, Um, which you owe me. And um, I resuscitated you, and I I, uh, watered you like a plant, and you came back to life. Right. You had a watering can with you, which you always carry one. I do. And uh, the first words you said were, be my best friend. And I said, I'll think about it. Right. And you're still thinking about it. I am. Hopefully this podcast will help us work some things out. (laughs) Help us nail it in the coffin. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a true story. That is a very true story. So uh, that's our friendship. So what, first of all, just the friendship between Thelma and Louise, what are your first kind of impressions of it? Like what, what strikes you? Um, I think that I appreciate that. Um, I, well, I appreciate their honesty with each other. And in that same vein, I feel like their honesty with each other, they're, they're willing to um, yell at each other, cry with each other, laugh with each other, um, just watching them grow as individuals, um, as well as their friendship grows at the same time. I just, I appreciated that. And I think that each of them sort of came into their own on this mm-hmm. adventure. Which one do you think grew the most? I think probably Thelma. Based on she's kind of wild and she has a, you know, she's obviously married to Daryl, who's a total mm-hmm. dickhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of, she's so confident by the end of it. Right. And she's able to, you know, she's clearly somebody who's kind of had other people clean up her messes a little bit. And at the end, she's really helping Louise. And I think Louise is somebody who, by the end of it, learns to be a little bit more vulnerable with people. Right. Yeah. I think one of the things I noticed was. You know, and sometimes in a friendship, you get into a relationship where one sort of feels responsible for the other and sort of is the caretaker of the other one. And I think certain at the beginning of the film, Louise is certainly the caretaker, caretaker of Thelma, the one who's making all the decisions. And then by the end, Thelma even caretakes Louise at times and kind of comes over and hangs the phone up and does all these things that that that's uh, Louise would have done earlier in the movie. Yeah, the first question is, which one of us is 
the Thelma and which one of us is the Louise? Um, I think I'm probably the Thelma in this friendship. You think you're the Thelma? I think I'm the Thelma. Um, I make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And you're freakishly tall. Freakishly tall. I love mm-hmm. that they, um, in real life, she's six, six feet, but when they're saying her height over the uh, police radio, they're like five foot ten. Right. They, they had to did, take a couple inches yeah. off of off they of Gina Davis. Two inches. And she's not really bossy, and and you are. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. You're the Thelma. I yeah. think I would agree with that because, yeah. you, like I said, you're freakishly tall. Right. It's you're the reason I've gotten into any trouble in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the few times. The, the few, few times, times has yeah. been because of you. Yep. And uh, I am. I was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The yes. Original. I you were. In, a, in a bra. Yeah. Y- you were very good in that. You really filled out that bra too. I yes. did. I did. I supple. really filled out that bra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very supple bosom. There's lots of cupping. So one of the the things that uh, a, often a challenge in in a friendship that certainly Thelma and Louise had is is Louise did not like Thelma's husband. Daryl. Now, there was not a lot to like, but oftentimes no. in a relationship, not liking a friend's partner can be a real problem. So has that has that ever happened to you? Have there been people in your life who you don't like their partner? Oh, yeah, definitely. I what feel do you like, do about it? Um, there's nothing you can do. You can't really go... You can't tell them... Anytime I've disliked somebody's partner, it wasn't for something frivolous, like, oh, I don't, you know, they're not as funny as I'd hope they'd be. It's it's always because they're not the right fit mm-hmm. f- for my friend. But you can't force somebody to recognize that. You can kind of only help them along as they ultimately, because they usually do, realize that this person's not good for them. So you don't say anything or do you kind of hint? I found that I don't really have to hint or say anything because typically those people complain about their partners consistently so right. it's you know it's always a topic of conversation you know like blah 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 i did this and it made me so mad and right you know, so my partner I, talked about how her female friends often complain about their partners and i said well do you complain about me and she said yeah of course i said what do you complain about because in my mind there's nothing to complain about <laughs> i'm the best so i said what do you complain about and she said it's that you won't let me have a pet hedgehog what? Why? What? That's why are you so horrible? What? Who wants to live with a hedgehog? Who doesn't want to live with a hedgehog? First of all, they're illegal in the state in which I live. Um, well, then you because, guys should move because they. <laughs> yes, but like, why? Like, you can't force a pet on somebody. Yeah, you can. What? So, so you would just Mo- go ahead I- and. 99. This is a true fact. 98. No, 99 percent of homes that have pets is because one partner forced that pet on the other partner. That is a fact. <laughs> Where you can, did you get that fact? You can look that. I saw that on BuzzFeed. <laughs> I made have, it up. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever disliked someone that I was dating? No, I don't think so, because I don't... I've I don't disliked know, people that I've dated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You did all the work for me. I didn't have to tell right. you. No, I don't think I've, I've... Besides your current partner, I don't know that I've really known anybody that closely that you would have dated that I could have made an opinion on them other mm. than to understand that they have terrible taste. Right. You know? Yes. Right. Blinds right. and... I'm afraid to ask, but have you uh, ever disliked? Uh, I don't think I've disliked anyone that you've dated. I certainly... There was one... And we're going to use any names here. There was one guy that you dated. I didn't like how he treated you sometimes, mm, but okay. I liked, but I liked him personally. Okay. Got along with him fine. There was also someone that you dated before we knew each other that I remember commenting on there. It was a musician. I remember commenting, I heard the worst song I've ever heard in my life. And you said, yeah, I used to date that guy. Ah, yep. I remember. Yeah. I mean, you were right. (laughs) I was. I wasn't talking about his uh, character or anything. Just it's a really bad fucking song. Yeah. Not going to mention any names. No. We don't do that. We're not negative here. So the other thing that I, I, that really struck me about the Thelma and Louise friendship is 
what they were willing to sacrifice for each other because they really did sacrifice a lot for each other, like like their freedom and risk their lives and took amazing risks to protect each other. So I th- I thought I would kind of there's a quiz mm. uh, I thought that I about sacrifice and the friendships and sacrifice. So I thought I would give you ask you some questions about what you Abby Barrett would sacrifice for me Brendan Boogie. Okay, I'm ready. You ready for that? I'm okay. ready. So number one, so starts out with name your favorite food. What is your favorite food? Olives. Olives. Okay. So if you don't eat olives for five years, my rent is cut in half for the next year. Not do you do make it. that sacrifice? Nope. You would you would not give up olives for me. You know what what kind for of financial- five years? For five years. So you but could have rent off half just for a year? Half rent offered. You know what that would do for me financially? Like imagine I, your rent cutting in half right now. You don't think that make a significant difference in your life? I feel like you're just going to use it to like make more movies or something stupid. <laughs> Ironically, I would do it just to buy olives and just eat them in front of you. <laughs> do you even like olives? I hate olives. Uh, yeah, that's what I figured. That's a, I feel like that's a character flaw. People who don't like olives. I was once dating someone and she called me in the, like, called me, this is back when we used to call each other and not text each other all the time, yeah. but she called me and said, hey, I need to know right now, do you like olives? And I said, no. And she said, oh, good. What? I said, why? You don't like olives? She goes, no, I do like olives, but I had I have this theory that in every good relationship, one person likes olives and the other person doesn't. <laughs> I picture this person calling at like 4 a.m. Yeah. Like, frantic. I gotta know. Yeah, frantic. And it did, that one did not work out, but it had nothing to do with the olives. I think it probably did. Number two, I get to spend three hours having the dinner of my dreams with my f- three favorite celebrities of all time. That's mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien, mm-hmm. Elvis Costello, and Rowdy Roddy Piper, who is <laughs> reincarnated just for the occasion. Nice. Okay. In order for this to happen... You have to legally change your name to Schmabby Schmerit. Oh, I would you, totally do that. You can't go by Abby anymore. You have to introduce yourself and only answer to Schmabby. Do you make this sacrifice? Absolutely. So you would change your name so that I have this amazing opportunity. Yeah. I, honestly, the, the part that bothers me would just be the pain in the ass that it is to actually change my name, to like sign all the documents. Yeah. Will you can you help me with those? Oh, those? I'd help you okay. with the documents. Right, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. <laughs> so you you so you change so you. I mean, I'm talking about you have to t- introduce yourself and people go, "Hey, Abby," you go, "It's Schmabby now." Yeah, I'd be totally okay with that. <laughs> wow. Okay. So interesting. You would not give up olives, but would change your name. Well, olives are my favorite food, as I just said. This, would you call this... yourself Shrendon Shruggy Schmuggy? <laughs> Um, I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would change my name. But for me, I would hang out with my three favorite celebrities. Yeah, who would your three favorite celebrities be? Do you think? Um, t- probably um Peter Falk, Lee Majors, and um, third one I probably would... Angela Lansbury. I yeah, think, probably. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. But only Lee, Lee Majors only to tell him how bad Six Million Dollar Man is. That's a bad show. Oh, I'll have to revisit. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a, a podcast about Six Million Dollar Man. We should. Are there buddies in it? Uh, I mean, he, he makes friends with the Sasquatch. Does that count? Yes, it does. Okay. <laughs> so far, I'm surprised this is all over the board. Number three, you have written the best song of your career. It's a guaranteed hit. And we'll go on to be a, Yeah, it's a guaranteed hit and will go on to be a classic for generations. Mm-hmm. But you need to turn over the songwriting credit and publishing rights to me, or else the Japanese mafia will remove all of my fingers because of my massive Candyland gambling debts. <laughs> Do Ooh. you make this sacrifice? Do you really need your fingers? Yes, I need my fingers. Really? Yes, um, I need my fingers. And so are you going to, obviously you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to give me some of that money? No, I'm not going to make money. I have to pay back the money. Oh, yeah, right. But I, I, let's assume, let's assume you're not, the money's not happening. Let's assume I went way into, into debt. This is the interesting okay. thing. This is the interesting thing about this question is because it's all my fault. Yeah, it I've is. I've done something wrong. Yeah. So a real sacrifice is doing something for me, even though it's my fault. Actually, I think the real sacrifice is not intervening and letting you understand the consequences of your actions. 
and not enabling your addiction. So I'm going to let your fingers get chopped off. You're going to let my fingers get chopped off? Yeah, this is your own fault. Wow. What wow. would you do with me if I think I somebody's going to cut off all my toes? I would, I, would, I would save your toes. Really? Maybe. Your fingers, definitely. Maybe not your toes. My toes are better looking than my fingers. But your fing- you need your fingers. Your toes you need less. Your toes you just need for balance. I don't know balance. that I need my fingers. I don't really what? play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you call that playing. You just throw the stump on there. And... <laughs> just make some noises. Yeah. And the final, the final uh, one, this actually was, this was, I got a credit, uh, I believe, I forget where I heard this. I think it was Chuck Klosterman came up with this one, but uh, it's a paraphrase of it. I am going to be attacked by a lion. Okay. It is a real possibility that I'm killed or seriously injured, but it's equally possible that I get away with minor scratches and a cool story. So there's no way of knowing what's going to happen, but you know I will get attacked. Okay. You can prevent this attack with one catch. For the rest of your life, wherever you are, it's always raining. Sometimes it's a small drizzle. Sometimes it's a rainstorm, but it's always raining. Now, this doesn't affect global weather systems or anyone else in the world except you. Do you make this sacrifice? Mm, Unfortunately, yes. And I really don't like it when it rains a lot. So this is a big sacrifice on my part, and you should be thankful. I'd like to hear you say thank you. (laughs) Thank you for saving me from the line. But wouldn't it be bad if you made that sacrifice and I get away kind of scot-free and I go, wow, I was attacked by this lion and it was kind of... I got this one scratch on my elbow, and wow, wasn't that cool? Abby, why is it raining all all over you all the time? I think I would just make you suffer somehow Mm -hmm. for for that. Like, I'd keep reminding you constantly that it's raining because of something you did. Because obviously you taunted the lion or gave it a nasty look or something. The So you would make the sacrifice, but also punish me with guilt. Yes. Spoken like a true Irish Catholic. (laughs) That's true. What about me? What if I... What if you were... You know, the the catch was that you had to be on the beach in 90 degree weather. <laughs> with lots I'm, of one sand. Of the, I'm one of the few people in the world that the beach is a punishment for. So yes. I have to be on the beach for the rest of my life. No, I, I would say in all seriousness, I would not take the risk. Whatever the, I would do, whatever I had to do to make sure you didn't get attacked by the line. I, I would not take the risk that you uh, just in case, because I, you know, kind of it's sort of. Like, well, what if it's the minor injuries and then, you know, but yeah. still just in case, I think I would make, I would make sure you weren't attacked by the lion. Well, thank you. You're welcome. This is what our love is all about. <laughs> so we've learned a lot about ourselves. Have we? In fact, have we learned so much that you could put it into song? Have we, oh, what, learned about our, ourselves? Into yeah. Song? I, th- I think I actually do have a song. Could you make it more noisy? <laughs> Actually, do have a song about uh, about what we're talking about? Okay. Ooh, it's out of tune. <laughs> the lion's going to attack me, but not so because intervention of my friend Abby. The lion is great. The lion is great. But Abby is better because she saved my ass. A wimbo whip, a wimbo whip. <laughs> so we have learned a lot. We have. I've and learned a lot. It, <laughs> being the dumb one, I've learned a lot. <laughs> and we've learned a lot about Thelma and Louise. So I guess the only thing left is the verdict. Like, which one of us, either Thelma and Louise or Abby and Brendan, have the better friendship? We will find out after this. Bud this is Bud Plugs, where Abby and I plug our shit. You want to hear some good music from Abby Barrett and her band? They are playing the Harpoon Oktoberfest this Saturday, October 2nd at the Harpoon Brewery in Boston. Check out abbybarrett.com for more details. Speaking of movies, Sundown, a movie that I wrote and directed, is available on Amazon. It's a indie movie about a family dealing with dementia. It's got laughs, it's got cries, it's got all of it. So check it out, that's Sundown 
on Amazon. Either rent it or it's for free on Amazon Prime. And that is this week's Bud Plugs. Welcome back. We are um, going to talk about the verdict. Um, the verdict. The time. verdict. It's verdict time. The verdict. It's so scary. It's like Judge Judy. It is. It's really hard to come up with a verdict, I think, because not only are we judging a fictional movie friendship, but we're really judging a judging our friendship. own, our own real fictional friendship. friendship. Sorry. Okay. Apparently, apparently fictional our friendship is fictional. I get yelled at a lot in this friendship. Apparently. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to go first? What, what do you think? What is the verdict? Do you, do you think that Thelma and Louise have a better friendship than Abby and Brendan or vice versa? What do you think, Abby Barrett? What is your verdict? I don't know that you're going to like my verdict. I think that at the end of the day, Thelma and Louise decide to die together. And I don't know that I want to die with you. So oh, Really? I, why not? I don't know. It just seems like... Are we going to like share a coffin or I don't, you know, it's just a lot of logistics I don't want to deal with. Would you want to? Well, it, it's, it really depends on how we die. Like maybe if we're going to die together, it would want to be the Thelma and Louise way where we have like, you know, last five seconds of glory. And then, but realistically, you know, I'm going to die in a hospital bed, you know, of, of congestive heart failure or something really <laughs> painful. And if, so if we're die? dying together, it's um, uh, you're you're also going to die in a hospital, but of murder. <laughs> so you'll be murdered in your hospital bed, okay. and my last breath will be trying to find out the murder, and I don't do it because I am just so done with living. You're like, eh, it's time. I don't know. I think there's worse people to die with than you. I feel like if we die together, it would be. And not that we argue or anything, but like we'd be arguing over something like really stupid mm-hmm. and then like wouldn't see the giant bus coming at us. Right. It's going to just send us flying. Right. We wouldn't sort of have that last moment where we hold hands and decide we're going to die together. It would be something stupid or something much, much. Stupid. Yeah. We'd be arguing about the value of uh, Steely Dan or something. Right. My last moments. <laughs> Lord help me. My last moments are thinking about Steely Dan. So your verdict is that Thelma and Louise's friendship is better than our friendship. Um, I don't think it's better. I think that the the circumstances where they kind of have to make the ultimate sacrifice with each other is not something I'm willing to do in our friendship. Um, But I also think that the dynamic of their friendship was put under such duress that we really can't say. How we I would. think you're hedging. Sounds like you're hedging your bets, I'm though. I think you got to choose. All right, I'm choosing Thelma and Louise. Choose. I'm Team Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise yeah. have a better friendship than 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 Abby and Brendan. Yeah. You know, Abby, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. Okay. I think that uh, Thelma and Louise, they're willing to sacrifice so much for each other, and yeah. you are not even willing to sacrifice olives for me. It's so- just rent money. But it doesn't matter. You were uh, to wi- make me happy. I'm you, turning you this would around. Not give on up you. olives. You were not willing to bring me joy. Olives bring me joy, and you would rather me live without joy for five years so that you can cut a deal on your rent. Olives are the only joy in your life. That's only, it. Only joy. <laughs> the only. Well, I did not know that olives yes. were it it's very, for you. I'm very pathetic. But still, I, th- I, th- I, feel like, I feel like I would give up my favorite food for you. What is your favorite food? I think lobster is my favorite food. Lobster? Yes. That's... Maine lobster in August specifically. That is the most but I would, I would go, f- I would go five years without lobster so that you could have something nice like half rent in your life. But I mean, the fact that you wouldn't just shows that uh, our friendship does not meet the Thelma and Louise uh, threshold. <laughs> the fact that I didn't know that lobster is your favorite food... Yeah, which I'm still not even sure that's right. I don't know that. Of course it is. I don't think it's right. Thelma and Louise probably know each other's favorite food, huh? I think that their favorite food is whiskey because that's the only thing they consume for. That's true. Well, we can agree with that. I always thought your favorite food was grilled cheese. Why? You got like a grilled cheese aura. (laughs) You don't have a lobster aura. 
grilled cheese aura. <laughs> kind of. It's like yellowish. Comes it comes in a single plastic slice. My aura does? Yeah. It's, it's single serve. <laughs> Wrapped for freshness. <laughs> okay. So we agree. We agree that Thelma and Louise have the better friendship than Abby and Brendan. Yes. But what if we were Thelma and Louise? Baron and Boogie reenact a scene from a motion picture, but change the words a little bit. <sighs> okay, then listen. Let's not get caught. What are you talking about? Let's keep going. What do you mean? Go! Go as in drive our car into the Grand Canyon? They're never going to leave us alone. Right. I mean, this is definitely a stressful situation. I grant you that. But with your plan, we'll certainly be dead. Like, on impact. Just dead. In a fiery wreck. Just dead. No, we won't. We'll fly. We'll what? We can do anything! Believe in the power of friendship! Fly with me, buddy, fly! Okay, I'm starting to rethink going on this whole multi-state crime spree thing with you. You'll never take us alive, pigs! You can let me out anywhere along here. We'll fly away and be free forever! Abby, stop the car! Abby, let me out! We're gonna fly! See? We're flying! Flap your arms, Brandon! Brandon! Why are you still down in the fiery wreck? Oh, that's right. Only women can fly. My bad, bro. Fly away. Fly away and be free. Fly. Fly. Hey, buddies. If you like what you hear, please follow us at We're Too Old Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, Friendster. I think our GeoCities is probably still up and running. If you have an idea for a movie you'd like us to talk about, or if you're a sponsor that wants to offer us some of that sweet, sweet podcast money, email us at we'retooldpod at gmail.com or just look out the window because Abby and I are out there. We're watching you right now. 